This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Welcome to church this morning. And uh, everyone doing well? I'm going to get right into it today. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7 in the New King James. Uh, I know. Hey, um, something really cool as you're finding that in your New King James Bible, it might take a while, pages are thin. Um, we've got Nova Groups starting. How exciting is that? And I grabbed this one um, because it's Corey LaRue's Motorcycle Group. Um, I want to get my motorcycle license. I don't have it. Um, my parents think it's a great idea. My wife doesn't. So... I should have done it before I got married, I guess. So now it's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, Nova Groups all summer, that's going to be so fun. Are you at 2 Timothy chapter 1 yet? You are? Good. You're using your phone, cheater. Verse 5 says this, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. The title this morning is Stir It Up. Turn to the person beside you, tell them to stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it doesn't return void. Thank you that there's power in the words already. So God, we don't need to add anything to it. It's already good all by itself. So God, I pray, Lord, that even as I just read your word, that change is happening and people's hearts are being opened and that chains are falling off people and that bad mindsets are being removed. And, and God, I pray here we would leave changed in Jesus' name. Everybody said a. Man, well, I, I don't know about you, but um, I noticed after uh, I got married is you start to get like, um, you start to, to, to develop, uh, I don't know, like, I guess you'd call them hobbies uh, that you do as a couple, right? Where you didn't really do it before on your own. It's like you never would have seen me doing certain things unless my wife was there, right? It's just weird. Like, why are you doing that? Um, and I heard that Mike and Nance, they, they just like coffee is their thing now. It, was, it wasn't before you got married. But now it is. And uh, so you just develop habits uh, and, and hobbies and stuff with, with, your, uh, with your spouse. And it's fun. It's cool. But one of the things that we started doing after uh, we got married, and this is definitely 100% my wife's influence, um, is gardening. Okay? And, and, and you're laughing. Okay? Whatever. You watch Friends with your wife every night. Like, I'm not going to make fun of you for that. You hate it. You sit there on your phone. She makes you put your phone away. Okay? It's fine. Whatever. Gardening. Plants. I love them. I think they're awesome. Like, talk to my plants. I'm like, oh, you're growing. Oh, look at you. I love plants now. I don't know why. I think maybe, uh, maybe it's because, like, maybe it's practice before parenting, you know, before you get real kids. Like, this, this, is, this is proof that you can, you can feed a child if you remember to water your plants. You remember to move them over by the window. 
You know, you remember to get them out of the cold area of your house and, you know. So, so we, we, we started, like, planting these things. It's kind of fun because we also like cooking together. I know. Another one. She does everything. I stand there. Can't cut anything upright. Anyway. So, so we started this, this kind of hobby, and it's kind of fun. And, and, and we, we like to do, like, you know, growing your own spices and stuff. I just, we just buy that stuff from the store. Kristen's like, no, you don't buy that from the store. You grow it. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, so that's what she's all about, you know, making. Anybody here make homemade pasta before? Ever? Yeah, so we did that. It was pretty fun. Anyway, um, I say we. It was mostly her. I watched. Again, anyway, get to the point, Matt. So gardening and plants. I love them. I don't know why. So uh, then I, I, I thought of this gift I would get her, and it's right here. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to start, uh, like, getting our plants going, like, you know, before the winter time. We'd start stuff, like, at the end of winter so that when they got big enough, we could transplant them into, you like that? In, in, into, into the real world. And uh, this, this thing's pretty cool, right? I mean, this isn't an infomercial, but let me just hit pause for a second. So it automatically gives sunlight. It automatically waters them. Uh, see, it's pretty cool. It's cool to have plants. And it does everything on its own. The plants just grow. Why? Because the environment and the atmosphere is controlled and it just grows. It can't help it. That's what it does. It grows. The atmosphere is perfect. The watering is perfect. The lighting is perfect. It just has to grow. It can't help it. It just grows. And as I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking, you want to know a picture of Sunday morning? It's right here. That's Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a, it's a machine, and, and if, if you're on the dream team, sometimes it can feel like a well-oiled machine. Sometimes it feels like, you know, we, we got things uh, going together. But there's a lot of chaos in this to make this work. And there's a lot of chaos in the church to make this work. And you come in here on a Sunday, and it's like, it's really easy to enjoy. It Doesn't God look good today? <laughs> Doesn't God look so good today? Like, how easy is it to be a Christian today? You know, with that worship team? Come on. Isn't it easy? And so I was thinking about this this week. That's Many of us, you know, we've, we've come to church many years, and some of us it's only been recently. And I want to speak to those of you that have been coming recently, just for a second. You might notice something growing in your life, and it's because your atmosphere's changed. God said that he put a gift of faith into every single person, everybody. And whether it lives or it dies is dependent on the atmosphere that you're in. Your atmosphere, and we say it all the time here, your atmosphere is everything. Because the, the atmosphere you permit, it's the product you produce. The only way you're going to grow life is to have a life-giving atmosphere. And on Sunday morning for a couple hours, hey, Man, the atmosphere is perfect. The atmosphere is amazing. But what happens on Monday? See, Monday the, the light kind of turns off, and you're like, you're back to that, that feeling that you had before, and maybe you don't feel like anything's growing in your life, and where was my faith? It was there yesterday, and, and so on and so on. But when you come back on Sunday again, and 
you get some more light and you start, things start to grow again. The thing with this is just recently we pulled all the plants out of this and we transplanted them into uh, bigger planters in the yard. Why? Because this, if they stay in here, it stunts their growth. They only get so high. It only gets so high. You can only grow so much. And especially plants that bear fruit like tomatoes and that kind of thing. Oh, man, I just love plants. I don't know why. But I think it's because it's so easy to think about your spiritual life. See, they won't grow fruit when they're in here. They don't have enough space. You can't expect the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life if you only are around good, healthy atmosphere every Sunday morning. You must control your atmosphere throughout the week. You must control your environment throughout the week. It's a have-to if you want to have healthy things growing in your life. So the atmosphere you permit, it's the product you produce. Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9 in the New Living. I think we have that on the screen. It says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, the Bible says God can't be mocked. So that means if you're sowing death, you're sowing destruction, you're sowing sin into your week, you can't expect life to grow in your life. Yes, God loves you. Yes, Jesus died for you. Yes, he's so good. His love is almost irresistible. It's amazing, but he won't be mocked. If you're living one way and another, is this too real? And another way on Sunday, he You can't grow life-giving, God-fearing gifts in your life if you don't protect your atmosphere. Your atmosphere, it's it's everything. It's everything. You can't expect holy, life-giving things to sprout up in a bad atmosphere. See, the right atmosphere causes the right things to grow, and it also causes the wrong things to die. See, this week I was talking to someone who I'll make this practical for you. Is I see him all the time. I was like, man, what's, what's going on with you? Like, you, you seem like your fuse is really short. Like, everything makes you angry. <laughs> uh, is it just me that's noticing that? Am I really sensitive? Like, what's going on? He's like, man, I'm just, everything makes me angry. I don't know why. Like, I prayed for this job and I got it and I go there and it drives me crazy and my boss is annoying and my coworkers are annoying and then I drive on the highway and everybody on the highway doesn't know how to drive and they're annoying me there and then I get home and I'm trying to be a dad and I'm trying to be a husband but I'm just, everything is just so annoying to me, my fuse is so short. And I was talking to him and, and we talked for like an hour and I kept getting reminded about this. I was like, what's the best day of the week, Sunday? What happens after that just comes back again? See, God's too good to just let you suffer throughout the week. Then, hey, make it back on Sunday if you can. No, he's too good for that. Spirit of God is too powerful for that. 
I told him, man, you have, to, you have to guard your atmosphere throughout the week. If you want the right things to grow and the wrong things to die, you need to make sure your atmosphere is good. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Sometimes you need to turn off that music. Sometimes you need to not talk to that person. Sometimes you don't need to call that person. Sometimes you need to not watch that TV show. Sometimes you need to not, you know, you, you need to not go to that movie. You just need to protect an atmosphere in your life. Why? Because the Bible says you were made from dirt. The Bible says that that God created man from the dust of the earth. And that picture is this, that your body is actually able to grow things. If you nurture it properly, you'll be able to grow the right things. We talked for a while and I'm hoping and I'm praying for him this week that something changes in his atmosphere. And I'm believing for him that he can come through this. It's just a bump on the road for him. I believe many, many people in this room, you're starting to feel something grow in your life. It's called faith. You may not know what it is exactly and what it looks like, but your job is just simply to guard your atmosphere. God will bring the increase. He'll make sure it grows. You just guard your atmosphere. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 in the New Living, I think we have that for the screen as well. I want to read this to you. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given each of you a gift. Who gets a gift? Turn the person beside you, tell them that they get a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. God's given everybody a gift. There's not one person in this room that God didn't form and put a gift inside. See, gifts are, are not earned, they're just simply received. You can't earn God's favor or his grace, you just walk in it. See, sometimes for me, I know that God's placed something in my heart, but I, I don't feel it sometimes. And every time I don't feel it, I have to go back to, okay, God, did you say? Okay, God. Did you put a gift in my spirit? Did you, did, did, did you want to do something with me? Do you have a plan for my life? And I always go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 to 7 in the New King James. Because it says, stir up that gift. Because sometimes the gift gets buried in disappointment and failure and fear. Sometimes it gets buried in laziness. It just gets buried and it's, gets, it's so easy to think, oh, but... God doesn't have anything for me to do. That's for somebody else. No, God has a gift for you, and it's in you. And he wants you to steward your atmosphere and stir up the gift that's in you. And then I struggle because I hear all these excuses, like my family's messed up. I hear all these excuses, like my life has so much pain. I have these excuses, like my mind's in a fog, or I hear people, my, my kids are disobedient, my boss at work is frustrating me, my faith sometimes feels more like doubt. And it's hard to believe sometimes that God has chose you. But God doesn't choose the gifted, he gifts the chosen. Which means that you're not gifted and and God thinks you're a big deal, so that's why he chooses you. No, he chose you and he put that gift inside of you. He gifts you because he chose you, not because you're gifted. 
And this is important because it's good for your faith to realize that I don't need to be perfect. I just need to be available for God to use me. I know there's a gift inside of me and inside of you to do something great. See, I feel like for me, I need to stir my faith up often. And I heard this recently that for me, sometimes I feel like I go to church and I I love church and church is awesome. But sometimes I feel like church is kind of like a minority group a little bit. We don't feel like we're well represented in government. We don't feel like we're well, well represented anywhere. And it's like, you feel like for some reason, if you come to church, that you're this a part of this small, dying organization. The media says they're closing doors. People are turned off from Christianity. No one goes to church anymore. And you hear this over and over and over again. But I heard this statistic this week that more people have come to God in the past century than any other century before. More people in the past hundred years have gotten saved and gotten plugged into a church than any other century beforehand. The church is not dying. The church is not old-fashioned. The church is not going anywhere. We're a part of a living movement of God. See, if I look at the Bible, I think all the way back to Exodus, the first megachurch, led by Pastor Moses, going through the desert, the first church. Church has always been God's idea. And if it's his idea, guess what? Man can't really destroy it. Yeah, we can screw it up. Yeah, we can have a bad name for the church, but guess what? The church is God's idea. The Bible says, on this rock, he'll build his church. He's building it. We're just along for the ride. I got a little small piece to play. We're a part of something great. You're a part of something amazing. You are. You're a part of amazing thing. You're a part of reaching a city. You're a part of changing people's lives. You're a part of that. The church of God is not going anywhere. It's, it's exactly what God wants it to be. It's church. It's strong. It's healthy. For me, I think about stuff like that. It stirs my faith. I think about how many people get saved, it stirs my faith. I believe God wants to do something great in this city, and he wants to use you. Problem is, sometimes I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel very faithful right now, faith-filled. Uh, kind of, I don't know, sore, kind of tired. I don't feel like taking on the world, you know. Some of you wake up and you're just like tons of energy. You're, where are my morning people at? You know, that's not me, and I want to be you someday, but that's just not me. I don't feel like changing the world when I wake up. In fact, I don't even feel like changing the world after I have coffee. Some people are like, don't talk to me after I have coffee. Like, yeah, you know, you don't want to see me before coffee. Coffee doesn't really help me. You know what helps me? Lunch. <laughs> uh, after lunch, hey, man, I'm good. Before that, nope. I don't feel like doing that. But you know what I struggle with the most? I struggle with all these knots in my head. There's so many knots I have in my head. And, and it bothers me because I can't see past them. And I, I, get so sh- like, I get so messed up in my mind. And all these knots over and over and over again. I just want to read you some of the knots that are in my head. You are not called. You are not anointed. You are not chosen. You are not above. You are not healed. You are not delivered. You are not free. You are not pure. You are not righteous. And I hear those knots 
over and over and over again. It drives me crazy because I know I'm supposed to do something great for God, and I know there's a gift inside me, and I know I have to stir it up, but what do I do with all these knots in my head all the time? I can't see past them sometimes. They just take up my subconscious. I, I go to bed thinking about them. I wake up thinking about them. I, I, I have faith to believe for others, but sometimes it's hard to have faith to believe for me. Hardest person to lead, it's me. It's so difficult to get past these knots in my head. So difficult. But I believe faith can stir. And for me, just like Paul said to Timothy, you need to stir up that gift that is in you, the gift of faith. And eventually, you'll feel it come to the surface. See, for me, I just needed to start saying things out loud. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing. And so my job is to just make myself hear faith. And so sometimes I don't feel like it, but I'll just read the sentences of all the... If, you know, as although the, the knots aren't there. So then I start saying, you are called. You are anointed. You are chosen. You are above. You are healed. You are delivered. You are free. You are pure. You are righteous. And if I don't feel them then, Faith comes by hearing. You are called. You are anointed. You are chosen. You are above. You are healed. You are delivered. You are free. You are pure. You are righteous. I don't know who needs to hear it this morning, but you are free. You are healed. Come on, you are anointed. You are called. God can do something through you. Get rid of the knots and stir your faith. Stir your faith. The city's too lost for us to be consumed with our own knots in our head. We control the atmosphere. We daily stir up those gifts of faith that are inside of us and we'll watch and see what God can do in our city. Again, the gifts of God aren't for you, they're for the people that need you in our city. I'll just close with this. Um... Over the past few months, I realized I needed to, I uh, started working from home, and uh, I was like, man, I need to like do something active. So I started going to the gym, and uh, it's been not fun, but helpful, I suppose. So people were like, oh man, I love the gym, like I hate it. I'm in pain constantly. I'm in pain all week, and then I go and get more pain. It's horrible. Gym's awful, but anyway. It's helping my mental health a lot, I will say that. Those feel good. But there's this one moment where we're, my, my brother, he's been going to the gym for like 10 years, and uh, we were doing a chest workout called bench press. And it's, it's, it's funny, like, thinking about this extra, you just lay, if you don't know, you lay on your back and you push weight up, like, using your chest. And... It's funny because I'm working out with him and it's like, he puts all these weights on. He's like, all right, you're up. And he takes all the weights off. He doesn't even, <laughs> they even say anything. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at you. That's not gonna happen. And I started going and I started, you know, lifting more and whatever. And, and there's one moment like a month ago, he's like, man, you need to try this heavier weight. You've been stuck on this. You need to try it. You need to push it up. 
And he's been super helpful because he's been working out for so long. On the back of the bench press, there's, there's a spot where someone can stand. And it's called a spot. And he stood there and he put the weight on and, and I tried to push it up. He's like, man, you got to try and do it for eight. Do it for at least eight. And it went up once. And I was like, I did it once. Twice. The third time, I was just like suffering. Like everything's shaking. My legs are shaking. Like everything's shaking. I was like, I can't do it. He's like, yes, you can. Just push it up. Like, no, I can't do it, man. It's not going anywhere. Yes, you just push it up. And I was like, no, just take it off me. He pulled it off me. He racked it. He goes, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you mean what's wrong with me? You can do that. I can't. He goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. And he said this, and I heard it in my spirit. You don't understand. The weight was moving up. You just didn't notice. From my perspective, I could see it moving up. I could see you making progress, but you are on the bottom of the weight. You're just pushing. You don't even know where, if it's going up or if it's going down. But from my perspective, it's moving up. I don't know who needed to hear that this morning, but you need to push still, keep pushing your weight, still keep believing God, still keep praying, still keep fasting, still keep reading your Bible. Why? You might not feel like the weight's moving, but the weight is moving off you. In Jesus' name, the weight is moving off you. You might not feel it, but God is your spot. He won't let it fall down on you. You just keep pushing, keep pushing, and let's see God do something great. If I can get anybody to stand. Get everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. This morning, I don't want to make the mistake of not inviting you to know God. Because I'm aware that uh, some have shown up and they've, they've never been to church before. Or maybe they've never... Uh, they've never never prayed before. They've never had a relationship with God. And I just want to give you a moment, a private moment between you and God for you to, to ask God into your life if you want to. And what we'll do is I'm going to pray a prayer and you're just going to repeat it. Everybody's going to repeat it. And uh, I'm believing that if you want to have God in your life, you can. You absolutely can. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter about what you're doing now. It matters right in this moment. If you want God into your heart, you absolutely can have God in your life. So with every head bowed, I'm going to pray. I'm just believing we're all going to pray this together, that God can do something good. So let's just all pray this together. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life make me new, give me new desire, give me new purpose, and from this moment forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. If you prayed that for your first time, please, we want to know because we want to connect with you. We, it's too good to do this alone, that's all. So there's connect cards when you first came in here. You can write on there if, if you've prayed that for your first time and you want to know more information. But for everybody else, I have another call. And, and this one, I, I want to, I'm just believing for some people that need some faith. And if you would say, Matt, I need some faith in my life. 
I want to believe again. I want to believe that God can do something with my life. I'm just going to get you to raise your hand if you need some faith in your life. I got my hand raised. I need some faith in my life. I need some faith in my life. I, I'm tired of being, being stuck in the same spot. I need God to use me. Come on, hands up all over the place. I'm just going to pray for us. God, you are so good. You are so holy. Thank you, God, that we have our faith in you. It doesn't matter how small the faith feels like because it's not about the faith, it's about you. So God, right now we stir our faith and we believe, God, that you will meet every single need. And in fact, God, we expect you to show up and invade our lives this week. I pray, God, that this week will be the best week of our year. That, God, you will move mountains. You will open doors. God, people will get calls back for jobs and, and promotions. I believe in, God, for fa uh, family matters to be to be fixed. God, relationships to be mended. I'm, I'm believing, God, that, that people will leave here and they might feel sick, but God, they will leave here healed and they will leave here with good reports from the doctors. And, and God, we believe that faith will stir in our community, God, because we serve an amazing, powerful, almighty God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.